Welcome to Forgotten TV, a new podcast where we will share memories of TV from the 70s and 80s with a focus on short-lived TV shows, pilots, and made-for-TV movies. So, why do I have a podcast and who am I? Well, my name is Chris Cooling, and uh, if you want to uh, scroll back and listen to episode zero, uh, there's a little bit of an introduction as to uh, what you can look forward to on this show. I had the Forgotten TV website uh, 10 years ago. It was one of a couple of blogs that I did on a regular basis. And uh, this is my second podcast that I've produced. I had a podcast about eight years ago with the incredibly original topic of tech news. And uh, having been inspired by other uh, podcasts and uh, broadcasters uh, such as Leo Laporte, um, Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak, um, with uh, with their shows, the uh, the No Agenda Show, um, Leo Laporte with his um, Tech Guy podcasts and other shows. Um, I was a big listener to Stuck in the Eighties, uh, produced by uh, the uh, Tampa Bay Times with uh, Steve Spears and Sean Daly, and um, uh, that show still continues today. So here I am, uh, producing a, uh, uh, a podcast and sort of resurrecting the idea of Forgotten TV. Um, I grew up in the 1970s and 80s, and originally watching a, a black-and-white television, um, probably until the late 70s or somewhere right around 1979, where we got a color television. I specifically remember watching episodes of Voyagers and Bat uh, Galactica 1980 in color, so I knew it was somewhere right around uh, 1979 where we transitioned to color television. And all of my watching as a, a kid was over broadcast television. We did not have cable TV. Um, it was uh, the old school rooftop TV antenna, 30 foot off of uh, the ground on a pole, uh, TV antenna you bought from Radio Shack and stuck on, on top of your house, and you still see some of those in neighborhoods now, uh, driving through older uh, sections of, of wherever you live, uh, you can you can see these antennas on top of TV, and all of that still works. The, uh, the TV transition to digital, um, the old antennas will, will still bring in uh, the over-the-air signals. But um, we didn't even have a, a VCR until the end of 1985. And until then, TV was an ephemeral thing. Um, the fortunate few that had a VCR could record TV shows and watch them at a future date. But this was not something that was known to my household, uh, certainly not until I was about um, 16 years old. And so if you missed the show, I mean, you had to wait for it to be repeated. Um, some episodes you just didn't see for years later until the whole show was rerun. And information about TV was not readily available. I mean, sure, there was a uh, TV guide was certainly a thing, the TV uh, supplement in the newspaper, um, great magazines such as Starlog and others that uh, let you know uh, quite a bit about some genre movies and TV shows. Um, there was fanzines, uh, the amateur uh, productions that were uh, photocopied, mimeographed, and distributed by hand. Um, some of us wrote our own episode guides back in the day because uh, you just didn't 
have Wikipedia and IMDb to pull up all this information. Um, I remember one of my the first books I remember regularly thumbing through was uh, uh, a great uh, big paperback book, uh, Television 1970 to 1980 by Vincent Terrace. And uh, for a whole year, I think in 1984, we didn't even have a television for almost that entire year and, and did traveling. And uh, I read that book uh, quite a bit. My first job was at a movie theater. Um, I worked at a movie theater for six years, uh, starting in 1985. So right in the middle of the 1980s is uh, when I began uh, my working career. And before my job at a movie theater was, was over, I did even some radio work. I did uh, some uh, uh, weekend board operation uh radio commercial production and recording, so I do have a little bit of broadcast and public speaking background. And recently, having started the Walnut Grove cast, the Little House on the Prairie podcast that uh, I co-host with Mark Giacoma on the VHS Rewind Network, this sort of ex- inspired me to uh, develop Forgotten TV Uh, into its own show and uh, rejuvenate the website and turn it into a podcast. So return with me now to 30 years ago, March 1987. Let's see what's on. Life is such a sweet Tonight on Forgotten TV, Bruce Norris, Penelope Ann Miller, and Faith Ford star in The Popcorn Kid. Next.
The Popcorn Kid ran from March 23rd to April 24th, 1987. It only ran six episodes. The show premiered on a Monday, but was moved quickly to Friday night, 7.30 p.m. Central, replacing uh, Scarecrow and Mrs. King, which uh, happened to be on hiatus uh, before CBS aired the final four episodes of that series. It occupied a strange Friday night time slot, uh, right before Dallas and Falcon Crest, and right after another uh, new sitcom that was short-lived on CBS called Nothing is Easy. The show was created by Mark Ganzel, uh, known for producing and writing shows like Two Guys, a Girl, and a Pizza Place, The Good Book, and Coach, and also Barry Kemp was the show's writer and producer, and was also known for Coach and Newhart. The show was filmed live at CBS Studios, which is somehow appropriate, seeing that it was set at a movie theater. You can definitely tell the difference between shows of the time period that were filmed versus videotaped before an audience. Um, shows that were filmed had a more a softer, more cinematic appearance. I'm thinking of shows like Cheers and Taxi. Um, if you want to compare that to shows like ALF and Full House, which were shot on videotape and have a, a much harsher video-style appearance. The show was set at the fictional Vintage Majestic Theater in Kansas City. The lead actor was young Bruce Norris, who played Scott Creaseman, the popcorn kid, a 16-year-old boy that was working at the Majestic Theater. This is our introduction to Scott. The Majestic Theater is one of the oldest theaters in Kansas City. But it's, it's, it's really more than a movie theater. It's a, it's a movie palace. Yeah. They don't build places like this anymore. I've wanted to work in the Majestic as long as I can remember. I'm, oh, see, the truth is, I'd, I'd like to be in the movie business someday. Yeah. Uh, I don't know as what exactly. Maybe, um, well, maybe a writer. Maybe a, maybe a director. Maybe a star. <laughs> you know, right now, I'm just trying to be realistic and keep my options open. But... Uh, <laughs> As long as I'm living in Kansas City, um, it's where my parents live, then I figure that uh, working in the Majestic is about as close to the movie business as I'm going to get. That's interesting. Can I have my popcorn or root beer now? Sure. Thanks. Just the popcorn and no speeches. <laughs> the first episode introduced... Lynn Holly Brickhouse, played by the perky Faith Ford in her first regular TV role. Well, if you want to know the truth, I didn't honestly want a job. Really? You seem so perky. Well, thank you. But that's just something I do. It comes to me naturally, like crying or looking really interested in people. Level-headed Gwen was played by Penelope Ann Miller, which uh, this was also her first regular TV role. I don't think about her one way or the other. It's just that every time I think about her, those cheerleading tryouts this year, I mean, I worked out for two weeks getting ready for those. <laughs> and on the day of the competition, nobody had more pep than I did. But Lynn Holly saunters in, and just because she looks like she looks, she gets picked. It's always the way it is with her. She doesn't have to do anything. People just accept her because she's... Oh, you know. The flagship of the female fleet. The character Willie Dawson was played by Jeff Joseph. 
and the wacky projectionist Marlon Bond was played by John Christopher Jones. Actor Ray Burke rounded out the cast as the boss, Mr. Brown. Scott's obvious attraction to Lynn Holly is a recurring theme throughout the short run of this series. In the second episode, Scott helps Lynn Holly prepare for a beauty pageant and discovers she has no talent. One episode dealt with Scott's relationship with his father, who wants him to give up his show business aspirations. Uh, there was a notable episode with Ed Asner, where the theater arranged a film festival with him as the focus, and the crew is stuck in the basement with him during a tornado warning. In the 1980s, there was a definite shift in the style of movie theaters, where previously towns would have a, a single uh, downtown movie theater, perhaps a, a twin uh, screened theater, but uh, in the early 1980s, probably uh, slightly before, uh, with the rise of shopping malls, the theater multiplex is something that uh, started to become popular. The very first episode actually deals with the subject of the theater owner wanting to turn the Majestic Theater from a single-screened historic theater into a multiplex. And we are treated to uh, Scott's objections and how he ends up saving the theater. Bruce Norris is still an occasional actor. We see him on television from time to time on TV shows such as Third Watch and the different Law & Order TV series. Penelope Ann Miller more frequently appears on movies and TV shows. She's been featured in such shows as The Closer, Vanished, and Men of a Certain Age. Faith Ford is probably the most well-known out of the Popcorn Kid crew. Uh, after her run on the Popcorn Kid, she of course went on to star in the show Murphy Brown for its 10-year run. And she was also in the TV series Maggie Winters, as well as Hope and Faith. Here's another great clip I always remember that sort of gives us uh, Scott's character in a nutshell. Pretty smart. You want to record the show times for this week? I know you get a kick out of that. Thanks, Mr. Brown. <laughs> you've reached the beautiful Majestic Theater located at 2222 Algonquin Parkway in downtown Kansas City. This week, the Majestic is proud to present for one week only the all-time Hollywood classic Gone with the Wind, starring Clark Gable, Olivia de Havilland, Vivian Lee, and Scott Creaseman. <laughs> Unfortunately, due to its extremely short run and limited interest, we are unlikely to ever get any kind of an official release for the Popcorn Kid. In fact, for a number of years, I failed to find any recordings of it whatsoever uh, on YouTube or on the uh, other gray market sites on the internet. And uh, it wasn't until about three years ago that somebody started to upload their recordings of the Popcorn Kid. And I want to thank Mantronics Retro TV and his YouTube channel for providing the clips for us today.
As we move forward in time, this is a segment that will appear too often on Forgotten TV, the ones we've recently lost. Veteran TV and film actor Lawrence Montaigne has died at age 86. He was well known to Star Trek fans for his roles as the Vulcan Stan in the episode Amok Time, as well as his appearance as a Romulan in the episode Balance of Terror. At one time, he was considered for the role of Spock before Leonard Nimoy was signed. He has over 200 TV episode credits, including appearances on The Outer Limits, The Fugitive, I Spy, The Time Tunnel, Batman, The Man from Uncle, Mission Impossible, and more. Actor Bill Paxton has died at age 61, obviously well known for his roles as in such films as Aliens, Titanic, Apollo 13, and Twister. He acted in a number of forgotten TV shows, such as uh, The Six O'Clock Follies from 1980, McLean's Law, and Fresno. Bill Paxton was 61. Looking at other forgotten TV from the 1986-87 season, CBS had the lead-in show to the Popcorn Kid, which was Together We Stand, which was also known as Nothing Is Easy. It starred Elliot Gould and Dee Wallace. CBS also had The Wizard with David Rappaport and Doug Barr, a show called Better Days, Roxy, and Spies with George Hamilton. Over on NBC, Sweet Surrender, You Again with Jack Klugman, Roomies, The Tortellis, and Nothing in Common. ABC had Sidekicks, Starman, Gung-Ho, The Charmings, Dads, and Jack and Mike with Shelley Hack. Over on the new network Fox, The New Adventures of Beans Baxter, as well as Werewolf and Mr. President with George C. Scott, were all forgotten TV from the 1986-87 season. So we definitely have lots to talk about on Forgotten TV. Thank you very much for joining me for this initial episode of Forgotten TV. Find us on the web at Forgotten.tv, which will link you up to our Facebook page as well as uh, Twitter. Please interact with us there. Find us on Podbean or on your favorite podcast app. Until next time, I'm Chris Cooling, and this has been Forgotten TV. Forgotten TV.